0: hey everybody welcome back to the dr greg jones optimization academy where i get to interview some of my favorite innovators in medicine and fitness and health and wellness and longevity and beyond i can keep going and going i'm really excited for our first podcast of the new year to welcome back dr linda hayes and we're going to be talking about two of the most exciting and talk about peptides for weight loss semaglutide and tirzepatide. but before we get started let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Hayes, about Linda. It's her third time on the podcast. She's a you know a frequent guest here because we love having her on here. When I first started in peptides, I was like, I it was like I, one person led to another person. I ended up on the phone with Linda, and I was like, I want to start doing these peptides, and I know a little bit. And we just started talking, and it was such a great experience. And we have been uh, working together with peptides here for oh my god, this is year four year four of working with you with peptides. So uh, Linda started Pure Pharmacy as a way to provide the highest quality compounds to patients to help them heal from the inside out. She has an extensive knowledge in endocrine, cardiovascular, neurological, gastroenterology, uh, and other systems, including mitochondrial restoration, Lyme disease, weight loss, and peptide therapy. So welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks nice. for having me again.
0: Yeah, anytime, anytime. So uh, it's always a pleasure. Just. Every time we, I get a chance to call you or text you, it's like, hey, I, I know you have an answer for me. So it's great. So um, tell me a little bit about for those who have not seen the first two times you're on here. Tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got from pharmacy school to being a compound pharmacist.
1: Yeah. So first of all, I think that um, anytime, you know, traditional medication and, and prescribers are not fulfilling your needs and, you're you know, you're not healing. And so you go in you find different realms and ways to help you or maybe a loved one um get better and so i think that's what happened in my journey and then i ended up um you know working in different independent pharmacies and then working um the last pharmacy before i opened my own was compounding only so it's working to start you know trying to find the root cause and trying to figure out how to help the body um heal itself and so then um, I started the fellowship through A4M, the advanced fellowship through A4M in functional medicine. And so we were doing all the modules in endocrine, cardiovascular, uh, you know, um, neurology, that kind of stuff, um, autoimmune, a little bit of cancer, mitochondria restoration. And so um, it, we, we, they also started the peptide certification there. And so I said, what is this? And it was just an amazing way to help start healing a amazing way, but an, another tool. So it's not the cure all, but it's an amazing different tool to help the body restore itself. And there's so many different ways between neurocognitive, you know, reparative. Um, of course, we have the fancy medicine, which is the aesthetics and, you know, weight loss, that kind of stuff. But, you know, in terms of weight loss, and we're going to get into this, like insulin resistance, we're helping with inflammation in the body. And, and so patients are feeling better in so many different ways. So I ended up starting my own pharmacy um, and it kind of just about four years ago when we started working together. And so it just kind of, just kind of came from that. So.
0: Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Now of all the things that you make in the pharmacy, what's your favorite to compound?
1: So my favorite I would say it's probably semi-glutide next favorite is the new kid on the block is trizeptide. So, um, there's so many things that they do, including the weight loss, but it also helps with cardiovascular, um, neurocognitive and different ways. Um, so other ones for repair and neurocognitive I do like, um, but those Honestly, if you throw a stomach glutide for a patient and you help them lose weight and help them with their insulin resistance, their inflammation from the insulin resistance, and it it honestly I've seen so many patients just do better on that, even if they're on a low dose of it. So
0: And it's great that you segwayed us into weight loss because with the new year, it's always the first thing people think about. Like what are your goals for the year? And and so many of our patients, that's a big question I like to ask is what are your goals, right? What are your short-term health goals, long-term? And probably somewhere in the 70 to 80% is going to be weight loss or fat loss, improving their body composition, right? Now, when it comes down to it, and this is, we were talking a little bit before we hopped on the actual uh, podcast here. It's like, hey, we want to make sure we talk about that these things are not magic bullets. They're not golden parachutes. They're not magic arrows. Like, you still have to do the work. You right. know, and so that's the biggest thing. It's like, okay, you know, if you're going to get yourself into peptides and all that good stuff, and semaglutide and all the other great ones, it's like, hey, there's some work you have to do, and that's going to be improving your lifestyle, right? So, you know, it's working with your diet, moving and working out. We're going to talk about that, building muscle, make sure you're eating enough protein, getting enough sleep, reducing stress in your life, you know, kind of reducing the inflammatory burden on your body, and so I think that's very important. Is just knowing, hey. I don't want you, you know, talking to me or talking to Linda or talking to another doctor, like, Hey, I want to get on these peptides, but you're not changing within. Right.
1: Why spend the money and not do the things that's going to help you actually get off the medication and spend that money. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of one of the things where and this, the big question is like, okay, I get on semaglutide, I get on peptides here. What happens when I stop? Or when can I stop, right? And so my biggest thing is like, hey, just just like anything else, it's like, it's like a fire, right? It's like if you're putting fuel in a fire, of course you're going to keep losing more weight while you're on peptides or on the symbiotype. But when you stop, my goal, my hope is that by the time you're ready to discontinue or scale back and maybe go to every two weeks or whatever you need to do, is that if you've made the changes so that this weight loss is sustainable, this fat loss is sustainable. Yeah, you might gain a pound or two back, three or four pounds back, but, but you're in a better place than when you started, you know, you're not going to gain all the way back. You gain a couple pounds back. So be it, but you're doing the right things to sustain it. You know? And I think that's key for anyone that's thinking about doing these peptides for weight loss. Yep. Wow as well so that being said the drum over here so we're talking about unlocking the mystery comparing semaglutide to terzipatide for weight loss and longevity so before we get into it let's talk about these two rock stars here let's start with semaglutide if you know if i'm calling you and i'm not me i don't know anything about peptides and hey my doc said uh, he wants me to be on this peptide somehow they get a hold of your pharmacy's number and they say hey linda hey dr hayes what is semaglutide and how does it work how are you going to respond to that
1: so yeah, so I mean I get that question quite a bit even from prescribers. Um so yeah, it's a DLP 1 agonist. Um it's, it it is basically helping to restore that insulin resistance that most of us have going on. So what people don't really realize is you know, traditional um prescribers will probably say, hey, uh, just keep your hemoglobin A1c under what is it 6.1 right now or something? I don't even know because I don't. Even, I go by functional medicine, so we want it at least below 5.4. 5.2 is ideal, right? Hemoglobin A1c, and um, most people are probably in between the five and six range. So then you're already seeing insulin resistance. So your body's not able to keep up with this glucose spike that you're basically your body's um, producing. And and you know it does it have to do with your diet? Maybe. Does it have to do with your lifestyle? Yes. So there's all these different factors that semaglutide actually ends up being um, a tool to help us hone in on that insulin resistance. So. Okay.
0: And so for those who are in the technical side of things, we always talk about, you know, when I'm explaining, they're like, how does this work? I'm losing weight. What am I doing here? And so uh, with semaglutide, one of the big things I like to tell people is like, okay, it's a GLP-1. Uh receptor agonist. So a glucagon-like peptide. And so you have these receptors in the gut that say, hey, you've eaten, you need to release glucose, you know, either lower your glucose, release insulin, or if you're not eating, you release glucagon, right? And so these peptides are basically with hemaglutide, we'll talk about terzipatide here in a second, is saying, hey, I want to make sure your insulin is regulated. So with that being said, is when you eat, release enough insulin. When you don't eat, you're not releasing too much glucagon and raising your blood sugar levels, right? Because higher glucose, that's obviously when you get into diabetic insulin resistance. But for the weight loss side of things, if your glucose is unregulated, you have more inflammation and more inflammation leads to weight gain. Not a good thing, right? And so the other thing we talk about with semaglutide is how it actually, now from the weight loss side of things, it has a couple of really cool things. Um, that being said, when we think about semaglutide, when you talk to patients about what it does in the gut with appetite and cravings and gastric emptying, kind of how do you explain that part of it?
1: Yeah, so it definitely decreases cravings, because you're not having that, you know, that spike of insulin or glucose. And so you're not craving those carbs. Um, and you're just you're not as hungry, you're more full, um, it does delay gastric emptying. So um you're, you're you're just it's just like the gastric emptying and i i explain it like especially my females okay you're pregnant you have progesterone on board so it's delaying gastric emptying so what does that do that you can't eat as as much in a setting you um you tend to be constipated um although there's a handful of patients that have diarrhea instead of constipation on some egg diet which is interesting but i mean any any you can go both ways with that so um but more are more can suffer from constipation. But with that being said, that's why we go low and titrate the dose up so that these side effects, you know, you can, your body can learn to tolerate and slowly deal with that insulin resistance.
0: Uh, that's interesting. You said that with the gastric emptying is that I know when we talk about people who can't have some we usually go to the, if there's medullary thyroid cancer history of pancreatitis, pancreatic cancer history. But one thing I'm starting to make sure I ask my patients is, Hey, do you have a history of gastroparesis? Yeah. So if you have a history of where with gastroparesis, meaning that food doesn't leave the stomach, your gastric yeah. emptying is already stopped. And now I don't want to give you this peptide where I slow that down even worse, and maybe re, you know have a, uh, you know a reoccurrence of gastroparesis, which is a that's a hospital stuff right there. You know, so yeah. I want to make sure that people who have that history just to be aware and make sure you let your provider know that because you know I've kind of had that happen where it's like oh my god this is I need to add that to my intake form here going forward. Outside of the, you know, you mentioned the constipation, a little bit of diarrhea. What are some other side effects to be aware of when it comes to semaglutide?
1: I think um, a, a, one big one is the nausea. And that's, once again, this is why we titrate it. So some patients are nause- they get nauseated at a lower amount and some don't. So, and that I think is the biggest, um, you know, reason why we titrate it. Uh, another one is, and I didn't believe this one at first, is fatigue. So especially when you first start it or increase the dose, you might feel a little more fatigued the next couple of days. Once again, why we titrate that dose. And it is so important to titrate yourself slowly and everybody responds differently. Someone might be fine at 2.25 milligrams of glutide and lose weight. Same thing with 0. 0.5, but some might not have any, you know, symptoms or side effects and then not lose weight at 0. 0.5 milligrams and they need to titrate it. But there's this is this is a marathon it's not a sprint you do not want to get sick and you know be throwing up or you know constipated not feeling well super tired so then you back off the dose if you ever get up that high yeah
0: so and I'm I'm big on the titration thing and one of the things that I do and I have my staff trained is like hey when you follow up and you talk to these patients when they're ready to refill you have any side effects you're like I had some nausea I had a little bit of this a little bit of this a little bit of that I'm not going hardcore with, with increasing your dose. We may increase it by 0.05 milligrams. We might increase it by 0.1 milligrams. but We're not going to double your dose. It's not happening. Because if you are starting to have symptoms at a lower dose, that nausea, that constipation or headaches I've seen as well with fatigue, then it's probably going to get worse. You know? Yeah. And I also, one of the other uh, side effects that we've noticed here is reflux, right? And so this is yeah. kind of, I don't see it so much at the lower doses, but when you start getting people up there and they right. get reflux and then you start pulling the string, like, hey, do you have a history of reflux or GERD? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's another thing we want to start asking our people when we start seeing the glute tie, Because knowing that, hey, there's going to be a certain point where you might start experiencing that, then we're going to back you off. And so just be aware if that reflux is something we've seen.
1: Yeah, especially important to ask that so that you're prepared. But also, if they don't think about a gut infection. So I know some prescribers like to, you know, do gut tests and that kind of stuff, but some don't. But there may be an underlying gut infection. Sometimes it's H. Pylori, but sometimes it can be something else,
0: too. Definitely, definitely. So let us transition into Terspatide. Now, I remember hearing about it. It was whispers of this, this peptide. It's, you know, it's twinkretin, It's Manjaro. It's on the way. You guys need to learn about it. And then I started reading more about it. And then I saw this article last week. I don't know if it was in U.S. News or Time that said it was like a big headline. Terzbatide is going to be, I think it said something, the most profitable weight loss drug or oh. peptide ever created. And I was like, whatever in the history of the world, history of mankind, and I was oh, no. like, wow, yeah, oh man, that's a headline for you right there. And I was like, wow, even more effective than, you know, working out and eating healthy, but that's okay. I, I won't go there. But basically I started reading more about and say, hey, is this something we can help our patients with? Because we do have patients that we've been titrating their dose up and up and up with semaglutide and the needle's not moving, Yeah, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute here, maybe there's another thing. And they're, they're working out, they're eating healthy, they're doing all the lifestyle stuff, but semaglutide is just not getting them where they need to be. And so I started reading more about terzepatide, and we just recently started bringing it onto the clinic. So for those of you out there who have never heard of this peptide, Linda, what is terzepatide?
1: So terzepatite is different than semilagutide because it has an extra um, mechanism of action. So it is still the G- GLP-1 agonist. So it should, you know, have the same effects as semaglutide. So, and we haven't tested it yet. It's too kind of soon to see if it has the, you know, um, neurocognitive benefits and the cardiac benefits, but I I assume that we're going to see that because it's the same class of medication. It also is a GIP, which is a glucon dependent insulin tropic polypeptide. And I will let you explain that part.
0: Okay. So really, thanks, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, when I what I've been reading and so far in my very short explanations with my patients is thinking about the, they're, they both have what's called the incretin effect. Uh-huh. And so incretin effect is when you consume glucose, oral glucose, your body is going to essentially release insulin to lower your glucose, right? Your body does not want a ginormous spike in glucose. Cause again, it can basically damage everything in the body and cause inflammation, all that. So with the incretin effect, you're actually getting that, you know, that release of insulin to lower your glucose, right? And so one of the things I was reading is with the terspotide is that you, the increment inc- effect is uh, multiplied like up two to four times with this compared to placebo. So that means you're getting a higher, you know, release of insulin, appropriate amount of insulin to lower your glucose when you eat. And so that being said, if you're able to keep your, this is going back to what we said about glutide, if you're able to Get your glucose levels under control. That is going to help because these medications, these peptides, both of them, semaglutide and tirzepatide, were initially developed for type two diabetes. And so, one thing they realized that diabetics, their incretin effect is reduced. And so, that being said, now if you're non-diabetic, that's still a great thing because again, if you keep your insulin sensitivity high, you're going to be kind of a better prime weight loss, a better prime weight loss machine. And so it's really about how your body responds to glucose and how you actually control your insulin. So that's the big thing about terespotide. And you're right, you're basically combining them, right? So now you're getting the GLP-1 and the GIP together. And so you're getting a better effect. So I, I hope that kind of made sense to people listening to that out there, so.
1: Yeah, and from what I've um, seen is that it actually helps like fat lipolysis a little more than just semi-glutide, the GLP-1 agonist. Yeah, so.
0: ex- yeah, exactly. And so... Uh, one thing, and I don't know if you've seen this as well, when I was you know, doing my, my research and my homework on the GIP1s is actually where it works in the body. And so the GIP1s, they're really, most of their effect is in the pancreatic beta cells. Mm -hmm. The GLP ones like semaglutide, it has more receptors all over the body. So that's why it's been a lot of studies on semaglutide and cardiovascular health and brain, you know, and actually lowering inflammation and reducing the risk of Alzheimer's and reducing fatty liver risk and, you know, hormone function and kidney function, because it is lowering inflammation. You have receptors all over the body. That's what makes this pretty fascinating with the the twincretin with the terzapatite is because you're getting both you're getting the GIP1, so you're getting a better anchor chain effect and you're also getting the same, those long-term health and longevity benefits with semaglutide as well, which is kind of cool, you know, yeah. so as well. So that being said, if, you know, let's kind of go back to the side effect thing. If we know that semaglutide has these side effects, the nausea, the constipation, the diarrhea, the reflux, all that, is that side effect, prof- that side effect profile the same with the terzapatide? Yeah, so the
1: side effect profile is, Pretty similar. Um, the, the the thing is, is, what we're seeing clinically is that patients go, can go up higher on the dose of tirzepatide, have less side effects, and so get more of a weight loss benefit. Um, so that's pretty cool.
0: Okay, great. And so from your perspective so far, now that you've been compounding it, what would you say the pros and cons are between the, the semaglutide and the tirzepatide?
1: So definitely the cost of the transeptide is much more. So um, I definitely recommend starting with semiglutide, minimizing the side effects, go low, slow. Um, it, it is just more of a cost effective way to, as you know, your patients are doing lifestyle changes, exercising, that kind of stuff. So it definitely is the more cost effective way. I, I wouldn't really start a patient right on terseptide. I know it's gonna be the new kid on the block and everyone is gonna be so excited about it. Just like they were semiglutide when it first came back out. But definitely, I mean, try semaglutide with your patients. Um, but tirzepatide, I, if they can't tolerate semaglutide, they're having, you know, really bad side effects at lower doses and can't get to a point where they're they're having weight loss, you know. And then it might be worth them financially to try the tirzepatide. Um, it's just it's just a lot more expensive, but there's it's just there's so much more weight loss and what you can do with tirzepatide because you can go higher without the side effects. I think.
0: Gotcha. So I think the uh, starting dose of terzepatide is 2.5 milligrams. And yes. I remember we talked a couple of weeks ago about, hey, how much semaglutide is in that dose? And I think when we did the ratios here that that 2.5 milligrams of terzepatide is equivalent to one milligram of semaglutide.
1: So 2.5 milligrams of terzapatide would be equivalent to 0. 0.5. Point 0.5.
0: Point 5 yes. Uh, yes. So it's one to five, yep, five to one. Right. So yes. that being said, I would probably never start a patient's first dose of semaglutide at 0. 0.5. Like, right. Never. Right. So there may be some I'll benefits. Give
1: you, I'll give you an example. Like, so I was on 0. 0.5 milligrams of semaglutide. I did 2.5 milligrams of trisepatide and I, I did it. Okay. So.
0: Okay. So I was thinking, hmm, maybe we start our, start off at the zero point, kind of like the typical starting yep. dose of semaglutide at 0. 0.25 they tolerate that. Well, no side effects. Hey, my appetite's right. better. I'm starting to lose some weight. Okay. Now we're going to, you know, we're going to titrate you up. Then we can have discussion about terzapatide and say, Hey, I want, because now we started the starting dose of that. It's the same as going to 0.5 plus you're getting GIP benefits as well. Right. You know, so right. that's really cool. Um, are there any, uh, patient populations that you think would do better on terzipatide versus semaglutide?
1: So I think, I think the problem. We have a handful of patients. Really, it's a handful of patients that don't respond at all to higher doses of semaglutide, or even doing twice weekly, that kind of thing. Um, I think that those patients are more insulin resistant and resistant, and that they're going. They do respond better to subtype What we've seen clinically. So.
0: Okay. Definitely. Definitely. So. Hmm. It sounds. This is fascinating, and I'm really excited to get started with that. And I think that. One of the things that people need to know is that, hey, first of all, this podcast is not medical advice. Please talk to your provider, uh, your doctor, your nurse practitioner, whoever you are seeing uh, for weight loss if you want to have the discussion and explain, hey, this is something I want to look at and educate yourself because these medications do, these peptides have side effects more so than a lot of the other peptides we work with, right? And you don't want to say, hey, I'm losing weight because you're so nauseous, you can't eat, which is never, never good or you just don't feel well. So make sure you get educated on that. Uh, all right. So before we let you get out of here, we're going to have you because I love hearing you, you know, when you talk about peptides and hearing your knowledge on that. If you had to summarize what the, the similarities and differences are between semaglutide and terespotide, how would you do that? Oh, you know what? We, we talked about all the great things, with these peptides. One of the things we talked about before we hopped online was, hey, making sure people when they're making those lifestyle changes that they're getting enough protein. Now a lot of times when people think about losing weight and I hate this, they think about eating less, which is the wrong thing to do. Obviously you don't want to overeat, but obviously you don't want to starve yourself because your body will respond to that. You yeah. eat less this body of ours wants to survive. Okay, you don't want to eat, you don't want give me enough food. How about I store what you got? And now weight loss is more difficult, right? Now also when you start losing weight, there is the risk of losing muscle. And this is where protein comes in. So what do you like to tell your providers and your patients when that discussion comes up?
1: So, um, definitely if you, if your prescriber has an in-body, which you said you did, which is amazing. So you can, you can measure that uh, muscle mass and make sure that they're not, they can come in for the in-body, make sure they're not losing muscle mass, you know, every six to eight weeks, you know, whatever you recommend. Um, but you want to make sure to maintain that protein intake and maybe a supplement with amino acids. So, um, if, if we're not maintaining our protein intake, we're going to lose our muscle mass. And that's actually fueling um, our bodies to burn calories even more so. So it's very important to make sure that we're maintaining protein intake, not just, I don't feel like eating, I'm going to go eat, you know, some carbs, like, we got to make sure we're getting that protein and some amino acids. in.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So that is a great plug. Eat your protein. Make sure you get enough. Right. And so we can have a whole other podcast about sources of protein and whey and egg and casein and all that. We'll save that for another time. We definitely want to have you back on here. So that is a, a great way to end our podcast here. I want to thank you for coming on. And to summarize for those, what I want you to take away from this, people that are listening and watching is that number one, if you want to lose weight, start with the foundation right so make sure you're working out getting enough sleep take care of the lifestyle changes there are peptides that can be very effective in, in weight loss such as semaglutide and tirzepatide. they are not the same peptide they have different mechanisms of action but they both can be effective for losing weight and like linda said just know that is significantly more expensive than semaglutide so if you can lose weight and get the benefits of semaglutide i would stay there as well yeah. um anything you want to send us home with linda today
1: um, No, just I mean these these GLP-1 agonists and the twin mimetic with trizepatide. I mean they're really really a big tool for weight loss, but you have to do the you know lifestyle diet changes. In addition, um, you don't you you don't want to stay. Most patients don't want to stay on them forever, you know. And some might need to stay on a small dose because they want the neurocognitive cardiac benefits. That's great. But, um, you know, we don't want you to have to pay the money. We want you to, you know, live your life to the fullest, be active, you know, less pain because you have less insulin resistance, inflammation. So, um, yeah, just you got to you got to do the work, too.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, well, oh, one more thing. The uh, terse is it, also a once a week injection, correct? I think we may have covered that. Yeah. Yes. There- sure yeah.
1: Okay. The glutide okay. and trisopetide are both once a week injections. So it makes it much more um, convenient for the patient.
0: Okay. Oh, now it's like, I just thought about it. it Open up a can of worms because I'm sure there's people watching and providers watching. They're like, Hey, what happens if I miss a dose? So your injection day is Sunday. Like, oh, I forgot my semaglutide, I forgot my trisopetide. It's like, wait, can I do it the next day? Or what if they, is there a, let's say if it's three days, is there, is there a limit on, Hey, you missed your dose. Just, you know what? You're three days out just wait till the next week is there a guideline for that i
1: mean i really think that you should go ahead and do your dose and then maybe scooch back the next if you can kind of scooch back the next couple days and reset your you know your day of the week to inject that's kind of what i recommend um, just be smart, ask your pharmacist, prescriber, you know, exactly. Cause it kind of depends on the dose you're at. And I think I mentioned earlier, sometimes patients are doing twice weekly injections right. off label use, but it's helping them a little more. So.
0: Yeah. I think what I says, Hey, if you miss it, do it. And make that your injection day. It's okay. But I wouldn't yeah. do like back to back. Like if it's, I think I want to, I think my rule of thumb has been 72 hours. It's like, Hey, you know what? If you're that close, let's not do it. Yeah, you, know, you have but- to be
1: careful because semaglutide has a seven-day half-life. The trizeptide mm-hmm. has a five-day half-life. So that means you really shouldn't inject in that time frame. Um, you would want to do less if you were going to catch back up. But just make that, like you said, that your injection day.
0: I know. Well, hey, thanks again. It has been a pleasure. It is always great talking to you. And I always appreciate you making time to be on the podcast here. And I hope those watching have learned more about semaglutide and tirzepatide and the differences, and you can make a smart decision on your weight loss and your health. I want to thank you all for watching and we'll see you next time.